Good morning, good afternoon. What's going on, people? We're back with another episode of Megasheen. Yeah. I'm Nick. I'm Victor. <laughs> and, whew, it's been a few days. Let me tell you what. It has been. <laughs> I'm tired. Um, the weather's good, though. But it's making me so tired. And I saw you today on Twitter talking about how dare me. And other people try to attack me too. So let me tell y'all what I did today, y'all. I posted a picture of being at work. Now see, you already starting. <laughs> and I just needed, you know, I, did, I was going to get, because everything is closed because it's the holiday. Because we're off for the next two days. And then we got the weekend too. So I have four great days at home. But anyway, so <laughs> um I was going to get something to drink, and I just took a picture of how beautiful it looked on campus. And y'all started coming for me about <laughs> saying that I was being rude. Um, I got that on my Instagram, on my Facebook, about me being rude, about how dare I. You know what, y'all? I, I, I can't help the way the weather is in this town. I have nothing to do with that. I wish I could fix how much it costs to live up in this town, but besides that, that's not my fault. Mm, well, it's just raining here. Oh, well. It's a, a rainy night in Georgia, as Randy Crawford would say. Well, it was raining a week ago, I think. I can't remember when we rained. <laughs> but y'all got warm weather. It's meh over here. That's true. Anyway, what what else has been going on besides you taking um, filter photos? <laughs> That's unfiltered. I didn't filter that at all. <laughs> um, you know, everything is going good. Um, you know, just trying to, you know, Universal Fan Con's coming up. And Listen, we are less than a month away. I know. And, you know, I went to the store. Because I was trying to figure out what I want to wear. And I don't know what the weather's going to be. Because you know how y'all are up in the East Coast. Y'all don't, y'all don't play fair when it comes to weather. Like, I used, to, I, used to live up, I used to live up there in the New York area. And it will be all up in April and freezing. So, I, I don't know what to expect from y'all and your Nor'easter. But I would like to wear shorts. Um, so, we'll see what happens. Okay, I've already had one of my looks together, um, and I'm bringing more than three, and probably like ten. Well, I'm, I'm working. I'm working on. I I want us to have t-shirts, so I'm working on that. And then you know, I'm I'm gonna be very casual because I'm coming from a, a I'm coming from something else at the same time. So I'm gonna try to be very casual that weekend because it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a whole lot of folks there and all that fun stuff. And then we're all gathering to watch. Um, um, Infinity War so you know it's gonna be so much I got a plan for so I need to have some simple looks but cute looks I mean all my looks are cute so <laughs> regardless uh, but yeah Universal Fan Con is going down April 27th through the 29th in Baltimore we keep on telling y'all get your tickets and we're still announcing guests they announced uh, Daniel Jose Older is going to be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot more people go to universalfancon.com and get your tickets, y'all, because once they're sold out, you know, you're going to be mad and pissed off that you didn't get your tickets. Yeah. And we're going to be like, we told you. That's true. That is very true. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get up in this tea because there's plenty of things that's been happening in the last few days. And so we got to talk about it. So let's get into Aunt May's tea right on right now. Let's see. What do we have first? Well, it's all. 
some of it is cute and some of it's not. So let's let's go ahead and let's talk about let's talk about the mutants. So, it was reported that X-Men, the Dark Phoenix, and the New Mutants were delayed. New Mutants has been delayed. What This would be the third time, it's, maybe? It's, uh, Second or third time. Mm-hmm. And I, we're wondering, we're like, well, damn, why is it delayed so much? <laughs> well... Apparently, in Dark Phoenix, that they're doing reshoots of mm. the third act. Mm. Uh, I've heard some percentages up to 50%. That's a mess. It's going to be have to be redone. And they're saying, oh, the reshoots are because of uh, Sophie Turner's schedule, uh, the this and that and the third. And the reshoots are going to cost up to like $10 million. And I'm like, well, damn, y'all should have made another movie with that I'm much. I was about to say, that's, a, that's almost another movie. That's I'm all. like, what were your thoughts when you heard this? Well, personally, if it's if all this is happening, y'all need to put that on the shelf. And in fact, what y'all should do is do a courtesy favor. Y'all should say, you know what, we've done some some promo work. For you, Marvel, so you can take a look at what we put together in our package, and you can see if you want to use any of our ideas from that. Because I don't know if this is not the right way to go. And as we get closer to this merger, I feel like Marvel gonna be like, okay, that was cute. You know what? Thank you. We're gonna take that in consideration. It's gonna be one of those type of situations. Um, I'm not understanding what they're planning to do with this Marvel, with this mutant universe. Um, because I feel like Deadpool is going to be the best thing they can take from it. Um, but when I heard it all, I was just like, just at this point, why don't we just not, let's just cut our losses and just move on. Just let Deadpool be the carrier. And that's it. Because of New Mutants, they basically have to, I've been told, have to almost redirect the script because of, here's some other rumors I've heard, because you got, you know, some of this stuff coming through with you got X Force who is probably going to blast out from Deadpool, uh-huh. and then you have Legion which is also taking some of that money and also dealing with mutants as well, and then you have Cloak and Dagger and all these are the different parts of the Marvel universe in some sense, but yet it's almost making the question for some people like well then with all this stuff coming what room do we really have for this and with um, the overall cinematic universe of Marvel really taking off, I mean, again, with Black Panther kind of setting off a new trend, it, I'm sure they're thinking, you know, what do we can, we can't really siphon from this because this is way separate from us. But I'm wondering if they're just thinking, you know, do we continue on with this or what? So that's the stuff I've been hearing about. But overall, I think they just need to just cut their losses and just let it go. Mm-hmm. And I've heard, I think it was for New Mutants, that they had already had a an actual film. Like mm-hmm. it was cut yeah, and they the director up really. had yeah, they sent it to the program. studio. Mm-hmm. So for them to say, okay, we want this completely redone, I'm like, well, well fuck all the work that they did for alleged work, mm-hmm. I might say. But, you know, we can joke and say, you know, they're making 
hot piles of messes over there. But, you know, at the end of the day, these are people's jobs, not just the actors, mm-hmm. but, you know, the people behind the camera, the people, the, the costume director, the, the key grips, yeah. you know, those people are, it seems like their careers are putting on hold because the studio don't know what they want. Yeah. And nobody wants to be unemployed because unemployment sucks. Yeah. And, it, and it's very fascinating to kind of see how a lot of this is going down because, you know, we, again, I think, I think, I think because of the power of the real Marvel, um, I think it's really making them think twice about how much money to put into, especially since they acquired all this stuff. So a part of me is thinking that maybe they're trying to be a bit smarter, but also trying to at least give a, a profitable uh, product because yeah because remember we reported that they wrapped up shooting of both these movies quick like within yep. six weeks and so you, it, I mean I know movies are shot really fast um, but it just felt like this was done so quick and under the radar and we didn't really see much like we're you know it was just really interesting about seeing how this is going because it almost feels like it's no what's the point of doing it um, the new mutants however um it's, I think it's, I would, I, you know, as I'm looking at stuff from Collider and other um, websites, it's because it went too far. Some people say it was too scary, not scary enough, but it was going in a, a different direction that may not really, you know, attract people to stick with it. So, yeah. I don't know. I just feel like this is a time where maybe they can rethink this. Maybe this doesn't go on the big screen. Maybe this goes on, you know, Netflix. Maybe this goes on a Hulu. Uh, maybe this goes to Redbox. <laughs> maybe this doesn't need to go big. You know what I'm saying? Like, let this be something you you put on some a different medium, and then just allow, you know, that merger to go through, and then whatever happens happens. I don't. I don't even know. They were saying like the re- another reason why they were doing these reshoots because they wanted to make it more scarier and a proper, a quote, a proper horror film. I'm like, well... You can do that, but that's not who they are. And so that's, you know, that's like, you know, think about it. You know, you have like, there was a dark, I can't remember, there was like, there was a scarier comic in Marvel, but you know, you think of um, Justice League League Dark, that's where you want to play that because that's where it's familiar with. You don't kind of take something that was never in that realm in the first place and do it because by doing that you're basically you're 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 giving us something we didn't ask for versus like oh we know justice league dark is you know supposed to be scary and magic and witchcraft and voodoo let's you know let's do it all versus well this really don't go down that route so why are we trying to force it down this route right Mm. and damn if they didn't move the dates of dark phoenix to black (laughs) panther i mean the black panther black history month in 2019. We didn't ask for that. We don't need Jean in Black History Month. Right. But wait a minute. We don't need Jean Grey sitting on the back of the bus like Rosa. But see, I feel like they may be shooting themselves in the foot because we don't really have everything. Because you know how Marvel will be. They will turn around and say we have a day and then be like, oop, we're going to move it on this day. Because you never know how they will play it. Because uh-huh. think about it. If Marvel does super well, we know they're going to do well with Infinity War. Whatever comes out in 2019 is going to be fire. They can be like, oh, we got something else coming out on. Hell, they did net, they Netflix stuff back on par. They can release something new on Netflix on that month. 
and that would end up taking over, you know, that juice from Dark Phoenix. Because think about it, Dark Phoenix, we're going into Dark Phoenix already feeling negative. Nobody's going in, you know, like, oh my God. Well, you know, there's some of these fans you see on here that'd be like, I can't wait. But, you know, the majority of people are like, girl. Why? (laughs) You know, side-eyedness. So, I don't know. And I just see now there's a new picture of the New Mutants with this white-ass Bobby. And we see Danny on the Just floor. Just light bright. Yeah, he is. And that's not who he is. He is Afro-Brazilian. Uh, uh, only thing they got right was magic. That's the only one they got right. And that was easy. Just found a little white girl. <laughs> but this girl looks like she could play. Like She looks like Lilandra. So, I mean, Lilandra, not Lilandra, um, Ilanya. So, and speaking of that, it's not even, Lilandra's in this, not even Dark Phoenix, y'all, if y'all didn't know that. They changed it, too. They keep on saying that she is, that she isn't, that she is, that she isn't. I'm like, what is the big deal? Either she is or she's not. Like, you can't have a Dark Phoenix saga without one of the most important characters in the film, in the story. Like, it doesn't make sense. You see, this is what I believe. I think they got real ambitious. And real bossed up because because Logan, you know, no Logan, the screenplay was nominated for Oscar. You know how people get you get bossed up and get all excited and start to get, you could do all types of stuff. And just because that movie got something, now think about it. After what almost twenty years, one of your movies, uh-huh. <laughs> this is not like a string. So I'm just saying, Fox, y'all. Y'all need to have one of these meetings and be like, okay, do we need to think of a different medium? You can do direct TV. You can do the, the direct on demand, whatever that stuff is. Y'all can do that. But it's just getting to a point where y'all going to try to come out and nobody's going to care. I just don't. Um, I just don't know what they want in life. Because you know 2019. And also, they got to think about DC stuff. Because I think they got all they little, you know, they little... Um, well, DC got to think about DC stuff first before somebody else <laughs> Lord, y'all just, worry about it. I know, that's just mess on mess coming out. So don't let Marvel turn around and say, oh, we got to... Because you know how, like I said, you know how they will be. They'll be like, oh, we're going to put something out. We got a Koi's, you know, we got her uh, solo movie coming out, Black History Month, and everything is shot. Uh-huh. Everything is shot. <laughs> like well you can put all your little new meetings and they could be a matinee <laughs> it could be a one night only yeah it could, or it could be like that um well since you know since what you call it is sold out we just go over here <laughs> right and i'll just wait <laughs> until you know next 30 minutes and then you just get up and walk right out of the theater <laughs> check quick, it on a uh, youtube yeah let me let me let me quit clowning on them whatever y'all gonna do with these movies be wise. I'm sure you know, you know Josh Boone and um, Simon Kingsburg. Y'all, y'all are good people. Y'all have done good work before, but maybe this is just not. Mm. Mm. Well, I mean, I might offer a prayer if I did pray, <laughs> but so here we are. I know. <laughs> I know. But Lord, let's let's go on to something else. What else we got on the on the docket today? Let's see. We uh, 
Let's talk about FX and Deadpool. <laughs> so, when was it? Sometime last year, it was announced that Donald Glover was going to do. It was an animated mm-hmm. story, right? It was an animated story of Deadpool. Yeah. And it was going to be on the FX channel. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, what was it? Earlier this week, yeah. Donald and FX parted ways. Mm-hmm. Now, apparently. FX said that Donald Glover was too busy to be working on either FX said it or someone representing FX, whatever. It was a rumor that Donald Glover was too busy to be working on uh, Deadpool, and so that's why they parted ways. Mm-hmm. Well, to, today, Donald said, uh, no, I wasn't busy, too busy to write. Deadpool, and here are my receipts, A <laughs> through Z. And I'm like, well, when you got the receipts, let them fly. Yeah. Well, uh, go ahead. What do you think about it? What do you think about all this? You know, I you know I think that that's this is a fine break. I don't. I'll, I'll keep it real. I don't think we were asking. I think they were going down that path where it's too much Deadpool because you know again if something's successful they want to run into the crown. Maybe he thought that you know what this. Maybe he thought that. Maybe that's like you know what let's not run this to the ground because we're putting hope on the second movie may not deliver as big as the first. We we don't know, and so you know. It's good that maybe this is, we're just not going to do that right now. And, you know, he's, he's a busy man. He's not hurting. He's not He hurting. really isn't. He's about to be Han Solo. I mean, not Han Solo. He's about to be Lando Cardician. He is already, you know, killing it on Atlanta. Um, he, he has other projects down the road. His, his Childish Gambino maybe working on another album. So I feel like this is fine. But I also feel like... You know, who knows? The truth could be that maybe his manager was talking. It was like, you know what? Since we ain't really ain't got Deadpool under our belt yet, you might want to wait a little bit. You know what I mean? Because technically, uh-huh. he is he is basically Disney Marvels. Because he remember he was in um, um, Spider Man Homecoming. Um, yeah. Because he, he is Mom Morales' uncle. So um, they probably be like you know what they they, they could have been some. This is me speculating, people. But it could have been some talks like, um, we don't have them yet, and so we, we, we want to you know keep you in our pocket. And maybe they put a little bit more money in his pocket for him to be like, you know what, we're good. <laughs> so Yeah, and just because people have creative differences is not necessarily a negative thing per se. Mm-hmm. But in this instance, whoever said that he didn't have any time to be working on Deadpool was messy. Yeah. And they need to just be quiet about that. It's not that deep. <laughs> right. To say, oh, we just separated because of creative differences and leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Yes. But you know how the girls are. Yes. Also, I want to do a moment. I want to call out um, DC for a moment because... Oh, girl. <laughs> So, you know, the the animation usually is killing it always, but it's always, you know, riddle and a bunch of Batman films and a lot of Superman films. Well, guess what? They have announced, well, not really announced, but they have the trailer out for the death of Superman. I feel like we've done this already before, but um, it's going to be the whole Doomsday and Death's, uh, uh, Superman's death storyline. We kind of saw that in... <laughs> 
Batman versus Superman or Mad versus Sad. We already saw this, but they're doing the animated version. Um, in this version, they have Wonder Woman in that hideous outfit. So if y'all remember, she has one costume where she has a ponytail and some odd um, neck cover, arm cover, whatever she's wearing, but she's wearing that again. I just want to say to y'all that, again, how many Superman movies y'all have released? And how many Batman animated movies? But how many Wonder Woman has? One. Let's just remember who saved your cinematic universe. Y'all could least crank out one or two more animated Wonder Woman things. That's all I really wanted to say. I just realized that, you know, they continue to give us these animated. And we don't, and, and this is over 20 years old when he died. He's been, you know, like, I don't know if we need to tell this story again. <laughs> I just don't think we need to go down this path when they can literally give us some new Wonder Woman stuff. That's all I yeah, want to say. Yeah, not the Wonder Woman with uh, his, her damn a brother, because nobody was no, checking for that. No, nobody's checking for that. I don't know. Not when she has a sister that we all know about. But Right. Nobody care about no funky Jason. <laughs> nobody gives a damn about no Jason. But whatever. Right. So, uh, let's get into some drag. <laughs> so the last week was the premiere of season 10 mm-hmm. of RuPaul's Drag Race <laughs> and I'm going to quickly go through this um, so everybody entered the work room and some of the standouts to me were let's see were uh, Yuna uh, Hamasaki she's the mm-hmm. quote unquote Asian of the uh, season she paints a little bit like Bianca Del Rio, mm-hmm. um, but she doesn't. This irritates me to no end, but, you know, it's drag. Where girls don't wear chest, whether it be a not a um, a chest plate or something. I, I do not like my drag queens that, that don't have a chest. That just irritates me. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody else that stood out was Mayhem Miller. Now you have you seen Mayhem and uh, Way Who? Um, I've heard of Mayhem. I have not seen Mayhem. Mayhem reminds me of old school drag, and that's where I think a lot of drag here in Kentucky is. Mm-hmm. Um, she's very um, what's she's very classic. She reminds me of a also a Dominique Devereaux. Mm-hmm. Uh, in that kind of sort of lane. Uh, who else? I also liked... Now, see, they got some really young queens, too, like uh, Miss, Miss Cracker, which is actually, she's a white girl, and yeah. one of the, the gags was the black queens, when she when the, uh, Cracker introduced herself, they gave her, like, a, a double take or double look, <laughs> like, really, your name is Cracker? It's, it's funny. Um... Asia, I do like Asia. Mm-hmm. She's a Texas queen, so I know that she can buck. And she's a pageant girl. Yeah. Those pageant um, girls you know how to go through it. Monique, I like Monique because of her facial expressions. Mm-hmm. All her faces tell a story. So 
the challenge was to do they went all the way to season one where the first challenge of season one was to do drag on a dime you had like this shit from the 99 cent store you had to make something fashionable uh so the standout well the the challenge winner was monet exchange i think she did no no it wasn't the main challenge was mayhem she did like a uh i think she used some black latex gloves Mm -hmm. and made like a um a halter with uh a skirt and then some uh, black uh leather boots Mm-hmm. Which was cute. Yeah. Uh, the bottom two were uh, Vanessa Vanjie Mateo, <laughs> which she's from the House of Mateo, and Alexis is her drag mother. As you know, Alexis was on season three mm-hmm. and the first season of All Stars. And also the the guest judge was Christina Aguilera, which she looked pretty good, and she's such a little bitty thing. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that she was that little. She's like five two. So the bottom two was uh, Vanessa and Calorie uh, Kardashian Williams, and they did <laughs> Ain't No Other Man, which I was like, okay, it's not my favorite Christina song, but, you know, it'll do. I thought they was going to do maybe Vanity. Hmm. So uh, but, yeah, which, since you mentioned that, which Christina song do you think they should have used? Like, which three songs of Christina you thought they should have considered? Uh, Vanity... Um, let's see, Candyman, and, okay, I'm not the biggest, I don't know, Christina's catalog like that, mm-hmm. um, shit, uh, they could've went, they could've went back in the past and pull out Jenny Nibano or Come On Over, or What A Girl Wants, they could've went way yeah, back. Yeah, they could have. I, you know, I like the Spanish version of Come On Over Better uh-huh. than the English version, but that's just me. Mm-hmm. Now, what about your three? I would have... No, if they was going to slow it down, I would have wanted them to do Sing, Sing For Me. Because um, I see mm-hmm. when when, it, when that's done in drag, it's really... If you do it right, it's really good. Um, they could have done um, Your Body... And they could have done um, dirty. They could have just went out and just did dirty. Right. So, uh, Vanessa Mateo went home. And, okay, so my my partner cannot stand her voice because her voice is like, I don't know, it sounds like... (laughs) It's almost as if she's putting on like Laganja did back in the day, back yeah. on season six. Yeah. But she's Banji. Well, yeah, she's Banji. She's ghetto. She's yeah. hood. But she kept on saying like after she would leave, she would say, Banji, Banji. Yeah. But she sounded like a cat that was lost and or pe- something. People. It was very off-putting, like. But, so it, but but it stuck with everybody. It's now a very popular meme, but somebody did put it to a cat. I saw Yeah, somebody I saw that and I was like, Well, there you go. You are remembered. But I, but I'm I, interested to see what this season holds because I know there's some drama between 
Miss Cracker and Blair St. Clair, I mm-hmm. think it is. <laughs> no, not Blair, but Aquaria. So oh, yeah. those two, they live in, they're from New York. Mm-hmm. And apparently one copies the other's gig day in and day out. And I'm like, okay, I know they were going to bring some drama from the past. Producers did Onto that. the show. You know they did Yeah. That. Like they did with Alyssa and Coco. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, y'all squash that shit and get over it. Mm-hmm. You know, don't nobody want to give a damn about, oh, she's copying my eyebrows or she's copying the way I contour my cheeks or whatever. I'm like, girl. I'm going to say, are y'all copying somebody? Somebody's copying somebody. This is not. <laughs> right. This shit ain't new. Yeah. Everything has been done in some form or fashion. <laughs> Build a bridge and get over it and get off the cross because we need the wood. Yeah, I'm mad at that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think it's funny is, yeah, I remember Vanjie because Vanjie, if, if you didn't even see anything, you saw that. But I needed to know what was the reason. I'm sure she will explain it when she comes back for the reunion. But what was the point of saying Miss Vanjie over and over again? I guess we are trying to make people remember. But I did feel bad because I guess that little clip of RuPaul saying, what was her name again? <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, well. But I feel, I think that Vanessa shouldn't have been in the bottom two. If she would have, because uh, her uh, her look, okay, it was okay, mm-hmm. but it made her body look bigger than it was. She didn't have a defined waist. So mm-hmm. if she would have cinched that in somehow, she would have been safe, in my opinion. Yep. But, you know, the girls... Don't want to do. They don't want to do that. So, whatever. And so I, I saw a lot of people like coming for Mich- Michelle Visage because they said that she was too harsh or whatever. I'm like, okay, y'all. But isn't that how the she challenge, is? Right. First of all, she's a judge, so that's her job. Number one. Number two, the challenge was to make something look fashionable. So she is going to critique the fashion more harshly than usual. Third. She's getting paid to judge, and that that's what they signed up for. So you can't say that, oh, she's being too harsh, yada, 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 where she's getting, that's the gig. That's what she signed up for, yeah. and that's what the, the contestants signed up for. And you haven't been in drag, never walked in heels, never put on eyelashes, never tucked. Now you the authority on drag? Get the fuck out of here. So. I can't. There's a lot of them, a lot of you faggots out there say that, oh, she needs to do this and she needs to do that. Meanwhile, you've never went down to your local drag, drag bar and gave a dollar to one of the girls. Yeah. You've never went to a charity drag show and dropped some coins for a uh, movable feast or uh, P flag or... Uh, the Trevor Project or any of that. True. So let's not go there because you can't afford to. <laughs> that's true. That's very true. It, that's one. Somebody said it best on Twitter that drag race fans are becoming like Steven Universe fans. Oh my God. That's sad that Steven Universe fans are at this trick level. 
Right. I'm like, y'all are really going in on this cartoon that's supposed to be about diversity, about diversity, about love, about, you know, inclusion, about being yourself and all this jazz. And you like, I don't even get that shit. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, what did Climax say? Get yourself some business. <laughs> well, before we close um, Aunt May's Tea, uh, I was just going to talk a little bit about WonderCon. WonderCon was this past weekend, which was amazing, and they're getting very huge. Um, it's yeah, usually kind of, it's, it's, it's usually tamed um, when it comes to everybody going, but it was very, very um, very, very huge. There's a lot of great panels this year. Um, as I said before, I hosted two. I hosted one and was on another one, so I was very happy about that. Um, we're going to try to do... We talked about diversity and inclusion within queer comics and also how to make comics. So I was happy to be a part of those conversations. Um, what we are noticing now um, is there's a lot of queer comics coming down the pike, but they're usually independent. So having conversations about, you know, is that a good thing or bad thing? And I personally think it's a good thing because, you know, we don't have to answer to anyone but ourselves when it comes to putting stuff out there. But what was interesting to see was we are, usually when it comes to WonderCon, it gives you a precursor to what Comic-Con is going to be. So when it comes to cosplay. So this year we did see um, a little bit more Black Panther. There were a few who um, were in, you know, the Dora Milaje outfits. Um, as I was told by one woman, it is very tough to put those outfits together. So she's going to need all this time from now until Comic-Con to get this ready. I was like, well, do what you need to do. <laughs> um, they were also doing kind of some nice cosplay um, sci-fi effects where I gave y'all a picture on our Instagram of Killmonger, of how they was putting him together, which was really hot and it was nice, but at the same time, it was a lot of work. Um, so what we've been told was expect a lot of Killmongers in Comic-Con coming um, and a lot more Black Panther, but also a lot more um, of that Black Order, um, um, Thanos kids um, coming up. So we're going to probably see a lot of that. Um, and this is also going to be a big record year for Comic-Con. So, you know, for those of y'all who are going to go, I'm going to be there. Well, hopefully we can all be there and experience all this as well. And we'll talk about Comic-Con as we get closer to it. But WonderCon was kind of the precursor to it to where it was like, we already see it's going to be huge. It's going to be crazy. Um, and it's going to be not that many. The rumor is it's not going to be that many movies talked about. Because think about it. Now with, with, with New Mutants and Dark Phoenix being pushed back, the rumor is they may not even be talking um, at Comic-Con. Oh, like have a panel or like a... Uh, or like do like the uh, big call. Yeah. Now, that's just a rumor. I, I want to say they will do something anyway because they want to strum up some type of talk. I want to believe they want to do that, but they also... There are rumors that we may get to see some stuff about Phase 4 of Marvel at this. That's another rumor. So nothing's been set in stone yet, but this was some of the talks that was going around in WonderCon this past weekend. I would almost say, well, we would see something about Phase 4 than the New Mutants or Dark Phoenix trailer. Mm -hmm. Because if they have to do reshoots, they might use stuff for from what they need to redo. Yeah. And we might see that maybe New York Comic Con. 
but that's if true. anything this year. Yes, um, there was a rumor that we may see the 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 merging of the two, because um, you know sometimes when they were like with the one year and they announced the Avengers cast for the first time, we had no idea that was coming. Um, and so there was there was rumors that you know when the merge is completely ready we will see the the new universe come together. Someone said the universe is uh, Phase X, and I was like, that's kind of cute if that's what you end up calling it. But like I said, that's a rumor. But you heard it here first, though. If that's the case, because <laughs> you know we we always kicking off trends. Like we we noticed that when Nick. Um, started doing brackets all of a sudden here come all these other brackets right I was like y'all for divas y'all and Disney movies y'all know we out here I was like okay alright y'all wasn't thinking about that so you saw us but that's okay you're <laughs> welcome so let's go ahead and put this stuff away we're gonna take a break and I guess we'll be well, I guess we'll be back <laughs> Universal FanCon is a brand new convention coming to the Baltimore Convention Center in April of 2018. FanCon will be a round-the-clock event featuring comics, cosplay, gaming, celebrity guests, music, and more with a focus on diversity and inclusion. Get your tickets now at UniversalFanCon.com because geek is universal. All right, we are back for the King Size Issue today. And what we're going to do is we're going to talk about this next generation. Um... The next generation is 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 very interesting, um, just because we are seeing how things are changing when it comes to not only just being young and queer these days, but also being young, queer, and being an activist or making change in this world. So we're gonna kind of talk just a little bit about what we're seeing and is this going in a direction that will be hopefully inspiring for the rest of us. Um, so, you know, I was inspired, um, you know, to have a conversation about this because after Love, Simon came out and we saw a lot of people talking about, do we need a movie like this? We do need a movie like this. Why do we want a movie like this? And then it dawned on me that there's parts of me that wants to say, no, we don't, but yes, we do. But at the same time, it's the fact that now you think about this generation, they don't really have the sorry, sad, woe is me coming out stories anymore. It's almost celebrated to a way that we never could imagine when we were probably younger. Exactly. So I think since I think you are absolutely right in the sense that the, this newer generation, they have already been out. So they don't need these coming out stories, per se. Um, like the success, well, you saw the success of Love, Simon. And I feel that more stories, not just about gay men who love men, but I want to see more trans stories and not just the woe is me. I was, you know, like the hard knock, like, well, I, I don't want to see that. I want to mm-hmm. see more happy stories, more stories about bisexuality, more stories about gender fluidity. Yeah. I think that's hopefully the next step in filmmaking and queer cinema. Yeah. 
because we need those stories and we don't always need them to be the that scary life is hard stuff. Yes, life is hard, but I think it's time for us to have, you know, you think about some movies we used to see way back of the carefree person, like, oh, you know, I'm just going through life and there, oh, there's some scary stuff, but you know, I make it through like those type of, I don't know, like the babysitter's dead, like, you know, whatever that was, like those type of movies, no, the Avengers of Babysitting and stuff like that. Like, why can't we have movies where it's just a, caref a carefree queer person going through something fun? Like, oh, I need a prom date. Who's going to be? And it's not that, oh, I'm afraid to come out. And it's like, well, what choice do I, like, well, who are my choices? And I have three I can pick from. Like, stuff like that. Like, we need those type of stories to where it's not even, because it's sad that we get more of those type of stories in porn than we do in than regular television. That's That's just kind of weird to me. Think about it. Porn tells us more queer stories than what we get from the movies. Yes, they do. And that's kind of... I'm not I'm, I'm not downing them at all, but it's just kind of interesting that you can get... <laughs> and again, it's porn, so you're not going to get a full story, but they will give you more of a story of someone having a choice and going on trips and having fun and having a boys' night or girls' night or both or whatever than we get in our own cinema. And I think that that needs to change. And I feel like with this new generation we may get more stories. I felt like, you know, thinking about Love, Simon, I was not the biggest fan of it, but I understand how queer people would enjoy it, you know, to a degree. But I feel like at this point, we need to um, let newer stories come out there that will reflect, you know, what our younger generation is going through. They want to see themselves, but they also want to see something that's just going to inspire them. You know, that's going to be like, yeah, things, go, you know, for those who live in, you know, um, Milan, Tennessee, or live in Mayfield, Kentucky, they can feel like th there's something out there for me. I know for myself, I grew up in Union City, Tennessee. What kept me going was watching The Real World and all that. Well, not the first season of The Real World, and then also looking at some of the documentaries they had about living in New York. You know, just like the, the life will be exciting once I'm living in it or doing something totally different. I think the same will happen if we start, if queer kids start seeing movies and films and television that's talking about them to where they feel like, you know, I can hear my options of life, for God's sake. You know, it's like, it doesn't have to be tragedy. It doesn't have to end with me being cheated on or fooled around with. It's like, oh, I can have a prom. I can have graduation. I can have... A romance, I can have whatever, a car spree, whatever, I'm a killing spree, they can have whatever. And I think that would be great if they can start focusing on that. Yeah, I think exactly what you said. And they also need to include more stories about queer people of color. Yeah. You know, it's, it's good that Love, Simon accomplished what it did with the story of a white gay guy. Yes, but that's every story. Exactly, that's every story we see. You know, if it's not that, then it's something else that's stereotypical of the gay community. Yeah. Like, we need to focus not on this whitest right mentality. Yeah. And we need to tell other stories. True. Because there's so many stories, and all of those stories that haven't been told aren't murked in tragedy or downtrodden as <laughs> having people like all my life I had to fight know. you know there's certain st granted you know I'll take myself for example yes I've I was born on the south side of Chicago lived and grew up 
and public housing. But, you know, that's not where I want my story to end. Yeah. No, there's more to me than just all that. Yeah. That's very true. Like, I, and we want to see stuff that is hopeful. And, you know, I, to, there's a lot of people saying, well, not every queer movie can be everything for everyone. But if it's still, but if it's coming from, you know, a white perspective, then there's an issue with that. Because what you're basically telling me that only white people can experience this. The new generation is no longer just white boys and, and curious white girls. It is now, you know, Latino. It is now black. It is now Asian. It is now um, polyamorous. It is, it is um, asexual. It's so many different things now. It is multiracial. And so we have to be able to start showing what that looks like. There's a show on HBO called The Here and Now that the queer characters, um, one of them is a queer man of color, and another one is a, a he, well, he, he's kind of, I haven't, I haven't watched enough to properly say if he's trans or if he's just being very fluid with his sexuality, but he's also Muslim. And so I like the fact that we're seeing two younger men of color um, express their queerness in this show. And, this and is how the... many stories do you have of Muslim queer people? Yeah. You know, you, you don't get that enough. Granted, we were speaking from a black perspective about white gay cinema and stories. But, mm -hmm. you know, we don't get those kind of stories yes. at all. We don't get the the very few, the Asian stories, you know, we had a uh, front cover, mm -hmm. but how many more, we want more stories of that. Yeah. What about the, uh, the Spanish, uh, queer community? What about the queer community and the disabled? You know, mm -hmm. what about the older crowd, a gay community? We don't hear enough stories about those either. Yeah. So it's time to, to just kind of really do that. And again, this, they have so much material. And again, as you think about what these kids are going through nowadays, there's so much they can really get into. Like, you know, Heathers were trying to go there, um, you know, introducing some of their characters. And even though I despise the show, Glee went there too. I despise Glee so much. <laughs> oh, I hated Glee. But I'm just saying that it was, you know, they were going there and we have to keep doing this just to show the difference because, you know, our queer kids now are becoming just more than than just sitting around trying to be pretty. They're becoming very positive, powerful activists that are really getting out there. And I am always honored to see that, um, especially now, as we look at young um, Emma Gonzalez, who is basically one of the leaders of the Parkland Shooting Group. Um, and leading the never again. And, and if y'all don't know, she's the young Latina woman who um, she has a shaved head and she's very outspoken. She's very outspoken um, when it comes to gun control and what have you. But I think it's very beautiful that a queer Latina is leading this movement. We, we don't see that, bro. We haven't seen that in a while, if at, if at all. Right. And, so, and I know, uh, go ahead. talking about the, the Parkland uh, kids, a lot of people have said that, oh, it took white kids getting shot up 
for them to talk about gun control and saying all the things that black kids in inner cities have been saying, which is true. And that's a very valid point. Mm -hmm. However, a lot of those kids that are talking now are also telling the public, okay, well, you need to worry about the inner city kids too. Their lives are affected by gun control too. Just because there are white Latinos or white kids that have been affected by this, we need to also tell the story of the ones that you've forgotten as well. Yeah. But what I found fascinating, see, I went back and forth for that because I saw a lot of that. And I was, I'll be honest, I was a little agitated because I was like, let's not do this oppression Olympics. And it felt like a little, it felt a little bit like that. Like, well, now is this and that. Yes. But these are two different, they're, they're within the same, how do I describe it? In the same store, different lanes, if that makes sense. And I feel like these are different situations to where they were able to pinpoint you know, why they, they got, they organized together and got together and started doing the things. Not, and the funny thing is they, both groups, Black Lives Matter and this group, have been r- ripped apart in the media th- just as much. So I, I always wanted to remind people, like, look how they're treating these kids. They're not having to walk in a park. I mean, they're literally tearing these kids down. Especially um, Emma Gonzalez. You know, they, they photoshopped her tearing up the constitution when it, when it's not the constitution they said that she had she needs to go back with her immigrant family or they hell she even got you know people in congress making things saying horrible things about her and also people were cheering that the that the little white boy um david hogg he didn't get into certain schools and they up are teasing him about he's not smart enough to get into school I was Meanwhile, they struggling with an associate's degree from that fucking college. Yeah, so they also, you know, both groups did, both got hammered. But what I want people to not do is try to put, you know, pit them against each other. Because what these kids actually did, which I found fascinating, is they recognized that there was a disconnect. And if y'all watched this weekend, they brought in black kids to talk about their stories. They were a part of this. And I was very happy to see that it was like a young black girl who's 11 years old that talked about the black girls that we don't see in the media and how, you know, we don't talk about that. And some of the black males were talking and other people of color were talking about their experience too. These kids knew that and they brought everybody together to have that conversation. So I felt like, okay, I get what people are saying, but yeah, let's not try to pit them against each other and look at them. They actually responded to the fact that they don't talk about Black Lives Matter enough. In fact, the... David David Hogg, as well as Emma, has mentioned that, and they want to make a difference with that. But yeah, I did see that, and that was a little disheartening to a degree, um, because there was some people I actually corrected because they kept saying things like they had to say all white kids, and I was like, well, by the you know Emma is Latina. I mean, she if you look at her, you can tell she's Latina, right? Uh, or I, actually, there's two Latin like there's her and there's another guy, in the Time magazine cover there are two Latinos. Um, and then also I was like, they mentioned about Obama because Obama wrote a letter to the kids, and and they said, well, he didn't go out of his way for Black Lives Matter, and I had to remind people, well, because they kept using a clip from two thousand fourteen, and I was like, well, in two thousand sixteen, he actually sat down with Duray. <laughs> I was like, y'all need to. When Google is free, everyone. It's just like, come on, y'all. Yes, y'all. We can't do this. Every time, and then y'all be wrong about it. Like y'all need to quit doing that to where 
not that we're waiting in the wings to correct you, but don't do it because if it's not us, it's going to be them. So don't, right. don't be caught up to where you're going to get used and you caught on somewhere saying the wrong thing. Don't be like Killer Mike. But <laughs> Like. And, and quickly with that, the generation is cute too because they are very savvy about how, about not only calling you out, but finding the receipts. And I realized that this community, that this, this younger group of people are very smart. So you can't sit up here and do the things that you do and then not get caught out on it. I saw this weekend, Killer Mike, just to bring him up. Yeah, he's <sighs> working with the NRA. And yes, the the younger fam went for him, bringing up all types of facts and things. And, a lot of, and it was funny because a lot of these kids that I did see were, you know, part of the Never Again movement. And then you see him now, he's trying to backtrack. Yeah, he's doing all this backtracking and whatnot, but the you sat down with literally one of the opponents of your whole entire being. They don't give the NRA does not give a damn about black people. No. Let's make that perfectly clear. And you sitting up there and doing this kumbaya and oh, I'm just gonna speak for the the black caucus or whatever type of bullshit that you were doing that you knew that they were going to switch your words up and use all that shit against you. So for you to not even think about that in the beginning was dumb on your part. Yeah. And then furthermore (laughs) to say that everybody got guns in Wakanda Okay, we must have seen a different movie because he's, no, he if saw I remember correctly, Okoye said guns are so primitive. Yes, did she, she did. not? She did. She did. She did. All right. Now he must have saw one of these bootleg versions. He must have saw um, one of these Lego versions. I don't know what he saw, but maybe the one down at the uh, Magic Johnson Theater. I don't know. He he may have seen. Um, I don't know, the Malcolm X high school reenactment version. I don't know what he saw, but he... The one that they sell at the barbershop for like $5, plus you get like a, a package of meat. And some and, and some siglos. Um, and some toothbox. <laughs> yes, this... Yes, he was dragged by everybody on that. But he was. But what I, as I was saying, what I really appreciate is the fact that the new generation is not going to sit back and let you slander a movement or or act of change. And I love the fact that what we're seeing right now is the fact that this this revol- this generation and this revolution is going to be is going to be of color and is going to be queer and is going to be very powerful. You know, so I'm really amazed. I I, I want all of y'all, if y'all get a chance, to go look at the pictures of this past weekend. Because there's a lot of pictures, especially of the younger generation. And a lot of them were queer out there, really speaking out. We just, I love to see us as queer people, you know, speak out about other things besides, you know, always like, you know, gay stuff. I mean, that's good too. But I like when we show up everywhere to remind everybody that we just not gay. <laughs> we are speaking out for all the other things too. So I'm right. very happy that we're seeing that. And it it and the fact that these people are very open and making sure that 
you know, they want to be heard. They want to be respected. They want to be seen. Um, and I really believe they're going to be what we need to make change. Somebody said it on Twitter. Um, what if all these kids are your answers to your thoughts and prayers? Hmm. I was like, you know, that's a good way of putting it. It is. That's a very good way of putting it. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's a fine time to end the show. Yeah. Uh, and before we before we end, I want to give a, a quick uh, congratulations to a local queen here. Um, Adriana Fuentes won uh, Miss All-American Goddess at Large down in Florida. Congratulations on your title, Finally Girl. I know you wanted it for so long and so now it is and i think you'll be a fabulous it'll have a, be a fabulous reign and also we had got a email from uh a jared davis i know i think he's your friend on twitter he's a uh a author and he i wanted to read some of his stuff about uh in his email mm-hmm. so okay he was talking about love simon and I didn't proofread these, so these are going to be as is. Uh, so, Love, Simon, here's the thing, and it's been highlighted from both of you, both you, Nick, and Victor, and some YouTubers as well. Uh, the gay community needs to stop coming out and needs to move forward. Uh, not all gay folks are the same, and for the people who feel like if you don't like this movie, don't support the community, uh, we need to have a serious talk about how, many, how too many white gays don't support everybody else in the movie, which is very true. Mm-hmm. They're redefining gay history and need to stop and need to branch out. Uh, we should be in action movies, which I would love a gay villain. Yeah. In an action movie. Uh, yeah, I totally that agree. Ruthless as fuck. Yeah. Uh, he says, uh, love the show. Uh, thank you so much for your time, Jared. Uh, Thanks for people who have been sending us emails. Uh, hopefully, we get some more. You can email us at megashane6 at g- gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Porter Bazaz. Victor's at Wonderman5. The podcast is at Pod on Twitter. You can like, subscribe, comment on the podcast at SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Go to our website, megashinepod.com, Instagram, megashinepod, Facebook, The Megashine. Oh, gosh. What else? We're just everywhere. And be careful. We may we may have to soon find a new spot on Facebook because <laughs> Facebook's on the fire. So, um, right. It's a good thing I don't have no stocks and no Facebook. <laughs> I know. Good Lord, Facebook. I'm but, gonna say it was like eighty million or I something know. like that. And man, this is this is this is very interesting times. Very interesting times. Mm. I can't say I feel bad for him because I don't. I don't. This is. I mean, we can all and soon we will have another political episode where we really talk about all this stuff. But y'all need to really take heed of what's happening. This is history. This is all part of history we have 
in my lifetime, and we have never seen this. And I know in y'all lifetime, it's sad because I know some of y'all who are young, this is what you know. You know you know Obama. Most of y'all know of Obama. And now you know this. So what I do kind of like is this generation, you know, keeping it with the theme of the generation, they're seeing, like, we know what good was. And we now know what bad is. And this is the group who's going to be voting in the next two years. So that right. that, so. that makes me very excited. <laughs> very excited. Get, get right or get left. Well, they will. They will. Well, until next time, y'all, let's get up on out of here. Yes, let's get on out of here. And make sure, and just a quick plug again with uh, Universal Fan Con. Get your tickets now. It's going to be lit. Lit. Very. City. Always. All right, bye, everybody. (laughs)